Music with a message on AM850 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. I'm Gary. This is the Midday Moments program, and it's time now for our moment on the lighter side. And we've had a pretty good Lenten series this year. The last few weeks, we've had the privilege of talking with a man who was an eyewitness to the crucifixion of Jesus, or maybe I should call him an earwitness because We've been focusing on the words that Jesus spoke from the cross. Whatever you call him, we welcome back the rich young man of the Bible. Yep. Good afternoon again, Gary. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, what words of Jesus do you want to talk about this week? Well, I, I think we'll discuss two words. In fact, the two final statements of Jesus on the cross. It's good to discuss them together, for you really need the one to understand the other. And which one of the two words do we want to start with? Well, let's start with the one that is open to interpretation. And which one is that? It is finished. It is finished. That doesn't seem all that hard to understand. No, the words themselves are very straightforward, but they do have two possible meanings. And what are those two possible meanings? Well, soon many families will gather together for the Easter meal. It's the kind of get-together that deserves the fine family china, the crystal handed down from your great-grandmother. After the feast, it's time to wash the dishes. You do so by hand, for you wouldn't trust such heirlooms to the dishwasher. Unfortunately, as you're drying off one of the goblets, it slips from your hand. As it hits the floor, it shatters into a thousand pieces. Oh, my. Oh, my. Well, that's precisely why I never do any dishes at my house. I'm afraid I'll break something. And, you know, there's a fear of those dishpan hands. You try soaking and soaking, and you can never get them soft. Please, if we could get back to the issue. Okay. As you sweep up the myriad of pieces, you might say, it is finished. And what would you mean by that? Well, those would be the words of sadness, something incredible that has been lost. A a goblet is finished. It's done. It's destroyed. And yet there is another way you might say the phrase, it is finished. You can probably identify with this, Gary. I understand you're quite the photographer. Well, I wouldn't say I'm a greatest picture taker, but I do enjoy getting out and taking a snapshot here and there. And I like uh, taking photos of nature. Now, you're far too humble. I've seen some of your photographs, and they are wonderful. Well, Well, let's suppose you've been out all day hiking in the woods. You've been blessed, catching some brilliant close-ups of, say, eagles or or other rare birds. At the end of the day, arriving back at the safety of your own home, you might say, it is finished. But what would you mean by that? Well, a little bit of the first meaning we talked about. After a day of taking pictures, you are finished, you're done, you're exhausted. But I I do get your point. I would also feel elated. I had accomplished what I set out to do. And sometimes you walk all day and don't see anything. But after a successful day of uh, picture taking, I would say, exactly, it's finished. My goal was achieved. And that's the question about Jesus' words. It is finished. Does he mean what we talked about at the beginning, that that I'm done for, it's broken, it's over? Or did he mean my goal is accomplished? I have a pretty good idea of what I would say, but what do you think? Well, it depends upon what other word of Jesus you focus on. How so? Well, last week we had the phrase Jesus spoke immediately before he said it is finished. The words were, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, if you focus on those words, it would appear that Jesus meant he was done for. On the cross, he had suffered great pain and agony. 
He had been abandoned by his closest followers, and now he was abandoned by God himself. In just moments, he would die. It would be easy to hear the phrase, it is finished, as words of despair. But is that what you heard? No, but it was probably what the priests and Pharisees and Jewish leaders heard. Oh, they had long mocked him. Save yourself. Come down from the cross. Of course, he hadn't. To them, these words confirmed what they had thought all along, that Jesus was just a pretender, nothing more than a sinful blasphemer. He claimed to be God, but now he was dead, just like any mortal. Well, I, I have kind of an odd question. What about the Romans? How would they have understood these words? Well, uh, the same, I suppose. They had mocked him, too. They had seen many men die in despair on the cross. His death would have seemed, I suppose, no different, except for one thing. What's that? That he died so quickly. Uh, usually, they had to speed the process along by breaking the legs of the condemned. But when they came to Jesus, it was not necessary. He was already dead. Although they were sure to confirm the diagnosis that he was dead by driving a spear through his side. Of course, Roman law dictated that if a prisoner escaped, his guard would have to take the punishment in the criminal's stead. In capital cases, the Roman soldiers would have been very careful to make sure their prisoner was finished. Yes, I'm sure the Romans would have heard these words as words of defeat. They had heard similar words before. All the men they had crucified, even the bravest of them, eventually give up in anguish. And did you agree with the Jews and the Romans? You know, Gary, there was a time that day I might have, but not then. I, I understood him to me. I, I hoped and prayed that he meant, it is accomplished. And why did you come to that conclusion? As I said, your understanding depends upon what other word of Jesus you focus on. If you focus on, my God, my God, then it is finished might seem like a cry of dejection. But I was blessed to hear the next word Jesus spoke, and that removed all doubts from my mind. What word was that? The last word Jesus spoke from the cross was, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. That does put a whole different meaning on the phrase, it is finished. As we said last week, there had been a rift between father and son. Jesus was forsaken of God, cast into hell, as it were, but all for our sakes. In all of this, Jesus was taking our place, suffering what we should suffer for our sins. Now, as Isaiah said, wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, and upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we were healed. And all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, that is Jesus, the iniquity of us all. That is it exactly. Jesus set out to take the wrath of God for us. And now having suffered all things, his work of salvation was finished. Having been obedient even to death on the cross, as the Bible says, he now returned to his father in peace. Truly, everything the Father had sent Jesus to do was finished. Well, sir, you have a really good point. When you consider the word, Father, into my hands I commend my spirit, it's obvious Jesus is not despairing but triumphant. Uh, there is one more thing I would like to say about that last word of Jesus. What is that? 
It is a blessing that we know the exact words Jesus used when he said, my God, my God. We talked about that last week. But it's also a blessing that we know the very word Jesus used here when he made his final prayer to the Father. I'm sure you know what the word is. After all, you were there. But I don't remember the scripture recording Jesus' actual Aramaic word in this instance. Well, the authors didn't have to because they had already recorded the word Jesus used when he addressed his heavenly father. I know what you're talking about. Now, earlier in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, Jesus had prayed, Abba, Father. And the Apostle Paul tells us in both Romans and Galatians, we too should pray to the Abba, Father. And what is the significance of the word Abba? It is so simple, childlike, in fact. It is the Aramaic equivalent to our dad, our daddy. You know, as we grow older, Gary, we sometimes get standoffish with our fathers. We fear what they may think or even do if we were to share our most intimate thoughts with them. They have a way of making us feel pretty guilty at some times, <laughs> don't they? That's, but, but not when we were very young. There is nothing we cannot share with our daddy. We cannot imagine any situation where he would not be eager to hear and receive us. Such is the power of Jesus' words. He returns with confidence to his Abba, knowing his father will welcome him home with open arms. After all, the son that is lost is now found. The son that was dead is now alive. You know, Jesus teaches us that we can have the same confidence that the author of Hebrews tells us. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in times of need. Or as John says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Yes, yes, these last words of Jesus are a great comfort to us. They were certainly a great comfort to me on that day. God, help us to remember them when we lose a loved one or, or when we ourselves face death. It may seem that in death it is finished. We lay the body in the grave and we see our loved one no more. But the truth is, like Jesus, their spirits have been taken into the hands of our Abba, our Father. And as we uh, will be reminded on Easter, someday their bodies will also be raised from the grave, just like Jesus was. But let me play devil's advocate here. No doubt these last words of Jesus should be comforting when we die. But how can we be sure that these words, Father, into your hands, apply to us and not just Jesus alone? Well, good question. We know these words apply to us because Jesus tells us they do. One of the last things he taught his disciples and us was this. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself that where I am there, ye may be also. Don't you see? That's why from the cross he tells us he is going to the Father to remind us he is going to prepare a place for us in our Father's mansions. I especially like that phrase, if it were not so, I would have told you. But precisely because he did tell us, we know that's how it will be. As you said a few weeks ago, whatever the Word of God says, that's how it's going to be. Ah, so you have been paying attention. Good. <laughs> But, but Gary, I suppose that, that brings us to an end. 
it is finished as far as our little discussion is concerned. It, it has been my pleasure sharing with you the words I heard Jesus say from the cross. But wait, wait, wait just a second. You haven't dealt with all the words. There's one you forgot, the word Jesus spoke to the thief who hung on the cross next to him. Oh, yeah. You're, you're right. There, there, there is one more word of Jesus. I, I suppose I unconsciously blocked it out. But you're right. It does need to be talked about. So I guess I, I will return one more time. Uh, until next week. Uh, goodbye. I wonder what he meant that he blocked it out. I suppose we'll find out next week when we have a chance to talk to him. And it was so nice talking to the rich young man once again today. So I look forward to talking to him again next week. We are the messenger of good news worldwide at KFUO.org.